Good day, everyone. Welcome to Chapter 2 of New Goggles. I trust that you enjoyed the first teaching, and this one is going to be very, very powerful as well. Each one of these chapters builds upon the previous one. The goal of this course is to deprogram you from what the world has taught you and for you to live in the reality of who you are in Christ, in which the world has always been trying to hide from you. We're going to get into some real deep spiritual truths as we go through this. And, well, it's God's promise, really, but uh, I'm going to give you a Jeff promise as well. Uh, if you follow this teaching and if you do the work, your life will change forever. One of the beautiful things about deprogramming yourself from the world system, and this is something I've been working on for many, many years, and it doesn't mean that I've arrived, you know, I'm not uh, some super spiritual guru who can talk from on high, that's not true. However, I have been training my mind as best possible to constantly be in prayer. And how do I do that? It's by removing the world. Uh, the more we empty ourselves, the more the Lord can fill us up and fill our cup, uh, you might say, and then we can continue on. And I've said on the program many times in the past that if you knew how powerful your thoughts were, you would never want to think a bad thought again. Uh, knowing that our God hears every one of your thoughts, so he knows how many grains of hair are on your head or how many have fallen out in some people's cases, not making light of it. It's just, hey, uh, that's just the reality, and we are talking about reality here today. So there's a few things I want to recap from the first one, uh, two trees, two seeds, one choice. Uh, first of all, this is a spiritual war we are in. And if we are going to participate in the war, and yes, you're called to, then we have to start to battle in the heavenlies. We need to uh, address this as the spiritual war that it is. And when we battle in the heavenlies, things will manifest here on earth. Again, uh, this is not New Age teaching. This is Bible-based New Age copies the Bible because they cannot sell a lie without having some truth in it. And so there's a lot of truth that we're going to... Uh, by the way, I can't wait for Chapter 3. Uh, it's going to knock your socks off. Uh, but Chapter 2 is going to deal with some harsh realities as well. Uh, but just to recap a couple things from the first one, uh, you were chosen by God. You were put here on earth. God gave you life. Uh, there's a strong possibility that before uh, you even left the kingdom as you know your spirit uh, to come into this, that you agreed to come down here and do, do the work. Uh, that's something that Cisco has said. Um, and, you know, I think there's some reality to it because we are eternal beings and we were created in heaven, and then we were sent down to earth to fill this uh, earthly body uh, for this period of time. However, we are here to glorify God in his kingdom. And when you become born again, you are your eternity has started. And there are certain things that will pass from this realm to the next realm. You know, there's the old saying, you cannot take your treasure with you. Well, there is some treasure that you can take with you. And uh, I would suggest this is worth uh, pursuing even from now as we get into what those things are. But we need to get the world system out. You see, everything that we go through in life, you know, even when we are born again, our, the, the way we think starts to change and there's this beautiful thing that happens in the inside of us because the Holy Spirit enters us, but yet we process all of these things through just lessons that we've learned uh, from the world. And, and that's not abnormal. 
Uh, you know, we're told certain things and certain things make sense. And, you know, your father, your mother, uh, people that you love and trust have said things and it just kind of becomes your reality where it might not actually be reality. So we're constantly making decisions focused through these other paradigms, you might say, and we need to break through those and understand And this lesson here is going to actually uh, start to give you some tools to do that. But one of the key things that I hope I mentioned it in the first one, I've certainly mentioned it many times on the program, and it, it's a, an important thing. Your mind will justify the desires of your heart. And your heart could be intended well. You might even think it lines up with scripture. And your mind will justify these things. Like, you know, um, we've all heard the saying, same God yesterday as today. Okay, well, so same God in the Old Testament as the New Testament. Okay, so how come in the Old Testament these, uh, you know, prophets, these good men of God, had multiple wives. How is that okay then and not okay now? And so if you wanted to have multiple wives or multiple husbands, whatever the case, uh, you might be able to say, well, you know, God permitted it then. So, you know, it, it's permitted now. Well, I'll let you have that own debate, but that's just an example of things that could add confusion. And, as we go through these things, we realize that this really is a battle. And, you know, we often hear about putting on the armor of God. And we had a guest on uh, on the program not too long ago who said something so profound. And that was, you know, the Bible instructs us to put on our armor. And we put on our armor because we battle against princes and principalities. But are we but we're never supposed to take it off. I'll leave that thought with you. You got to leave your armor on. Okay. So just remember that your mind can justify and we cannot justify ourselves. Only God can justify us. And it's not quite as easy as, uh, as you might think. So, in this one, we're going to discuss God's law. And, of course, that has a lot to do with the Old Testament, where all the law is laid out. But I think there's some very unfortunate misunderstandings about the law. And I'm not an expert in, uh, you know, with some of these rabbis and stuff like that would debate a lot of these things. But I think there's a more simplistic way of looking at at things. And the first one is God has his rules. And this is a loving father who has his rules, a loving father and say, Hey, don't do that. You're going to get hurt, <laughs> you know? Uh, and if you go ahead and do it, you're going to get hurt and you might not do it again. But God explicitly reveals these things through his word. His word is alive. His word is Jesus. And it is all written in his creation. And this is where, you know, the occult side, the esoteric side, tries to mimic what God does. Because God is, you know, he created mathematics. He created chemistry. He created all these things. And so they try to understand what God did. And then copy it, but they have to do it through rituals and different things that, you know, the devil apparently has figured out that worked. But there's some basic building blocks that we're going to discover and do a comparison to. And, uh, and some of this stuff comes directly uh, from one of my mentors, Dennis Peacock. And uh, he, he's a brilliant man. Uh, I really studied his stuff. And a lot of this stuff is based off of his stuff. Also, uh, there's a there's a couple great books. There's a good good book by Earl Pitts um, that you'll want to look up. Earl Pitts, you can find him 
and uh, uh, certainly a nod to uh, my main mentor who really walked with me for many years and my life was changed and his name is Tim. I'm not not sure if I'm allowed to give out his uh, last name because he's a private person, not a public uh, person. But let's get into the teachings here. So there are spiritual laws in the natural universe and there are spiritual laws that are like God's God's building block laws. And, you know, the natural uh, laws that you might say, you know, what's the first law that you would think of? Most people would probably say gravity. It's a kind of a natural order law that comes in there. And, you know, the world tries to discount Christianity. It doesn't try to really discount any other religion. They say there's wisdom in Buddhism and and wisdom in even Judaism and everything. But, you know, the, the whole Christ thing, that, that can't be right. And they so they say that, you know, God is non-scientific. But yet, <coughs> excuse me, I have a very dry throat today. But yet, everything when science gets in, it just keeps proving God over and over. Like when they discovered DNA, for for instance, it really proves God as a creator. It gets rid of evolution, obviously, uh, which was proved fake many, many years ago. Uh, the whole Big Bang theory. Uh, listen, maybe God used a bang to uh, to create the universe. I don't know. But uh, it's not in the way that they are presupposing. You know, imagine, you know, just this uh, this big explosion and, you know, and then something is is created. Like if you were to think like with a with a with a cell phone, for instance, uh, incredible technology in it. And if you think that, uh, you know, there's a big explosion, a wind goes through, picks up some dust and everything, and then it created a cell phone <laughs> that works. Um, that's pretty magnificent. Well, how much more uh, in depth is all of nature and, and even just yourself, how you were so wonderfully made and, you know, each bug has its purpose, each animal has its purpose, and this whole thing has been master planned. So uh, God is the God of engineering. He's the God of physics. He's the God of chemistry. And all of these things that God has created. And, you know, the enemy, again, tries to use these things, tries to use alchemy, tries to use, uh, you know, well, the earth, the fire, the wind, you know, all these natural elements that God has put in to us. And by the way, uh, I'm just curious if you want to research it. You know, we understand fire. Uh, we understand electricity. We know how to create fire. We know how to create electricity. We know how to use these things. But can someone actually explain what they are? Their energy. I don't know if there's a good explanation. But, you know, right now, <coughs> there's a lot of talk about uh, our DNA, of course. And if you've seen some of the videos and what some of the scientists have thought is, we actually have God's name written in our DNA. And if you, if you look in Genesis uh, 1, 26 to 28, it talks about our personal patterns. And it's where DNA is actually modeled after God's laws. But what happens is, it gets distorted by our sin. So God programmed us to align with his will. We are created in his image and we are created to work under his laws and in our reality. The, the spirit and matter are all the same. It's united. God holds every particle together by his power. 
every at well, you know atoms all look the same. It doesn't matter if it's in a table. It doesn't matter if it's in a washing machine. It doesn't matter if it's a, in a NASA rocket. Atoms all look the same, but it's how they're held together that you know make up the physical reality. Well, you know, man in all of his wisdom can build rockets and can build these different things, but it's God who holds these atoms together. So it's God's laws that are at work and really create the fabric of our reality. And, you know, God loves us to do things and to create. We are meant to be creators, co-creators with Christ. And, you know, God is constantly working and we are called to constantly be working with him, which means we, knew, we need a new reality. We have to remove what the enemy has taught us all through our school systems, all through uh, even work. Uh, you know, corporations have many different ways of conditioning you and following, falling into uh, their reality, uh, people who've joined military service, you're programmed to do that type of job and to see things in a different reality, but is it God's reality? That's what we need to talk about. So in addressing God's laws in reality, and no, I'm not going to read off 613 laws because I think there's a much different way of looking at it. So when we look at even mathematics, it helps us to determine physical laws. And, you know, physical laws can measure things in many different ways. Uh, you know, how much uh, for a farmer, how much fertilizer do you need to grow your crops? How many seeds do you need? What's your expected loss? <coughs> oh, I really do apologize. Um, you know, we have to do calculations depending on what your job is. If you're a cabinet maker, how much wood do you need? So there's mathematics and there's physical laws that always go into things. But there's also the dynamics of, you know, what we think we need uh, internally and we process all of these things. So no matter what your vocation is or anything like that, we always will have some fear. Uh, there could be greed if you're in business, um, you know, uh, and you're always going to deal with uh Honesty and dishonesty is a white lie okay uh, in some instances. Look, I tell white lies. I'm ashamed to admit it, but uh, that's something that still has not completely dissipated from my reality. And, you know, again, what is our motivations when we do these things? Because, again, the mind will justify the desires of the heart. And you might think that the desires of your heart are good. Perhaps they are, perhaps they're not. It depends on what you're processing things through. And, you know, God can do things perfectly. And God created, you know, when you look at the very first miracle that Jesus did, he made wine and he made the best, the aged wine out of nothing. How did he do that? Well, he can do that with you too. Uh, and by the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> a lot of it comes from obedience, folks. Obedience is really one of the keys that locks, that unlocks uh, things uh, in our life. So God's laws are interwoven into, you know, both the physical and the spiritual. There's really no separation because the spiritual is actually more real than the physical. The physical here is temporal. Um, but we have to be 
born again to even begin to understand these things that are going on. Uh, you you have you cannot even see things without the Holy Spirit, His help. Um, and I reference the verse in John sixteen verse seven again. I'm not going to read every verse uh, because there's just way too many. Uh, but that is one of the things to look at there. And I don't want to rob you of doing. Uh, the homework and enjoying these scriptures for yourself. So what are the laws of God? And are they laws that, you know, if you break it, you go to hell? Well, if you're a Christian, you don't believe in that because we're all sinners and our sin was paid for. So what if we were to switch the reality in which we look at God's laws and we start to call them principles. And if we look at them in principles, so what God says is good if we obey his laws or his principles, just like a loving father tells you, hey, these things are good for you. These things are bad for you. So uh, when you follow in line with what God says, when we offer our lives up in obedience, we get blessing. We have peace about the decisions we make. But when we're operating not out of it and we're trying to justify ourselves, you know, you get an uneasiness with your decision making. Uh, there might be confusion and you're likely to experience failure if you're trying to do things on your own energy. So our view of reality has to come from the scriptures rather than just reasoning out of our experiences and what people have been told to us because there's a lot of things that you have been told and there's a lot of filters that you have been using, that you have been taught falsely. And I don't know what those are for you, but there's plenty of examples. So we have to read scripture and know that that is our reality. Did God leave anything out that we need? No, he did not. So, the way we have to process God's word inside of us is really, are you in rebellion or are you in obedience? I know there's areas of my life that I'm in rebellion. Oh yeah. But there's a lot of areas that I'm in obedience. And when I work in obedience, Things seem to work out. Again, I have peace about it. Uh, there's usually blessing. And when I'm rebellious, it often ends up in failure, uh, even humiliation, all kinds of things. So to understand God's word is to understand going back to the two trees there is no middle ground. There wasn't a third option. Uh, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or it's the tree of life. And which tree do we want to go to? I'm suggesting the tree of life is the uh, way we want to go with it. And there is no middle ground. Again, as defined in chapter 1, you're either born again or you're not. That's the only two types of people there are. We're all people. Doesn't matter, black, white, brown, red, fat, thin. It's born again or not born again. And this is the, the couple of dangers that come in when we deal with the law. Uh, I want to identify both of them. 
the first one and probably the biggest one is religion. Religion sets up rituals, practices. You know, some religions you have to earn your way into heaven. That's something that you can never accomplish, obviously. And New Age is just basically the elimination of God. And, you know, you can do it on your own. And they try to create social laws. And, you know, there is a social contract, I think, amongst humans. And it's fair to say. And if I look at God's word, it's very simple. But yet, you know, what has man done? Man has created law books that fill entire libraries. Uh, you know, 18 section C verse this and that. And it gives lawyers, you know, high paid devil's advocates, uh, you know, opportunity to get away and to uh, go against the social norms. And I'm telling you, these are not of God. Uh, these law books are not of God. If if I was to just oversimplify things, here is our social contract law. Do no harm. Do no harm against anyone else. Simple as that. Look, we can harm ourselves. We can make bad decisions. Uh, and that, I don't think, is unlawful. It goes against God's principles, perhaps. But it's not unlawful. Well, we're going to make mistakes. But do no harm against someone else. That's the social contract, folks. The world is trying to make this stuff way too complicated. So we have the New Age stuff, which is going to say the Bible is false. It's going to uh, bring in all this other teachings. It's going to confuse people. Uh, it's going to create, you know, uh, aliens and all this stuff. And they're going to be our saviors. And, you know, we just know that they're demons, you know, pretending and making it so acceptable. Because how is the world going to accept demons? Well, the world wouldn't. If you saw a demon, you'd be convinced that there's demons, so there must be a god. So they come up with this whole alien thing that goes and... You know, the great apostasy is bad. And, you know, because of religion uh, as well, which has obviously been one of the biggest things against us, you know, thinking that we need someone to talk to God for us, um, someone to interpret scriptures for us. These are all big lies. And it's because of the big lies that, have gone out there, uh, created by, you know, at first, really, uh, New Age is more recent, uh, although it goes back hundreds of years, but the church uh, religious system has really corrupted the world, and there's been so many wars and things like that, and it was all about money and greed, and we found out about this, and sacrifice, and creating negative energy that the occult feeds off of. Uh, this this stuff has been so evil, and we've fallen into it. Look, uh, you know, I fall, fell into the propaganda, you know, when the, uh, the Gulf War started or whatever, you know, it's like, yay, America, you know? <laughs> um, and it was just a show, folks. It was just a show. And because of the power grabs that the religious side has made and because there's so many different religions we have been fooled into believing that god's law and government should not coexist rather government should be operating under god's law uh, there should be no separation between church and state and when I say that, I'm not talking about the religious orders of the world. I'm talking about we, the church. We are called to co-manage and co-create in this planet. If you only know 
who you are, Christian. And if we can only empty ourselves of these things that the world has taught us, we are supposed to be in charge. So there is not supposed to be a separation of church and state. That's maybe one of the very first things that you need to understand about God's divine law and our natural order law. So our goal is to be able to flow in God's law. And when we look at, you know, the teachings and we hear about the circumcision of the heart, well, what is the circumcision of the heart? To me, well, if you just look at physically what circumcision is, um, it's a removing of a layer. It's, uh, you know, taking away what is not useful. And when we look at our heart, we want to trim the fattiness. We want to trim away what the world has put into our heart so that we're not if you look at the center of your heart and i'm not talking about pumps and things like that i'm talking about in the spiritual means this is what god has programmed us this is how we are made this is where he put his name in our dna but yet there's that fattiness on the outside of our heart that surrounds our heart and that is what the world has taught us so before your heart, you know, communicates with your mind, it has to go through this whole worldly layer and that changes things with your former presuppositions, your assumptions, the things you compute things through, and then your mind will justify. And we want to get to that straight connection from heart to mind to God. To God, to mind, to our heart. Not chakras, not anything like that. It's just going back to the original design and we need to circumcise a whole bunch of junk out of our, out of our being. So when we look at God's law, we have to understand that the Old Testament was filled with all kinds of rules, you know, for every aspect of our life, essentially. And, you know, the, again, religion has said, you must keep this law, you must keep this law, you must keep this law, you know, don't eat pork, don't do this. And by the way, eating pork might not be good for you. As a born again Christian, can you have a piece of bacon? I'd say so. Might not be good for you, it might take longer for you to digest than other foods, you know, it might not be good for you, it might be too fatty for you, it might not be good for your heart. Is it permissible? Yeah. So the Old Testament, again, if we look at it as all these laws, well, just the implication of the word law is do not do this. You must do this. Do not do this. And religion has perverted these things. So knowing that it does not affect our salvation, but they're still relevant. Again, so I want to just for purpose of discussion, and I'm not being blasphemous in any way just to have this shift let's look at laws like principles once we are born again because again the salvation thing is not you're obeying god's law you know do not eat for this you know does not really apply to us but 
if we disobey some of these things, like if you says thou shalt not kill. Okay, well, if you go and you kill, you you know, you're going to see consequences. Now it could be a righteous kill and I'm and you know, I don't think you're going to lose your salvation. But if you were to plot a murder, would you lose your salvation? Well, according to the Bible, no. But would you get some consequences in this reality? Oh, yeah. How about, you know, uh, adultery? Would you lose your salvation? No, it's God's law. Don't commit adultery. Would you lose salvation? No. Would going through family court be punishment? Would losing half of your assets be punishment? You know, these things are are a harsh reality. So our loving father says, hey, don't do this. Um, could you, if you made covenant with another individual, a male or a female, and you said, you know, I'm going to live in covenant and no matter what, you know, till death do us part. Is there a peace in that? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Is there a comfort in it? Yeah. Do you have a better chance of succeeding in this world when, you know, maybe one person stays home and raises the kids, the other one works, or some more modern uh, two incomes, but you're sharing one payment for housing? Is it easier with two than with one? Yeah. So obeying God's principles, his laws, is much easier and you're going to have rest in it. Um, if you're just sticking with the adultery theme, if you're fooling around, would you have strife in your life thinking you might get caught? Yeah, I think so. Um, when you do get caught, and you will, how's your life going to be then? Was it worth it? Well, God warned you. So, you know, the law, except for food laws and ceremonial laws for the Jewish religion, is still very much in effect for the unsaved. But what the Holy Spirit does is it brings conviction to the unsaved. So by us living rightly and having life work properly for us, you will actually bring conviction upon someone else's life. You don't have to preach at them. You don't have to say, well, don't do God says. No, you just have to be. And when you're in front of the unsaved, because of God in you, and because of the way that you live in a non-religious way, faith-based, knowing the word of God, making that decision that the word of God is king in your life. The unsaved all around you will fall into conviction. You know, people know without you saying a word. The, one of the mistakes we make as Christians is we want to beat people over the head with the Bible. Do people want to join that club? I don't think so. You're legalistic. You're this or that. Where if you just have the word of God in you and you're obedient when you're standing in front of someone who's unsaved, they're convicted. Romans 7, 7 through 13, uh, 1 Timothy uh, 6 through 11. So this raises some questions about how the Old and the New Testament relate. Again, same God yesterday as today. So you have to remember the Old Testament was before Christ, obviously. And it was God saying, look, live this way or your life is going to suck, essentially. 
um oh, unless you just really serve the devil and then you know your life might be uh might be okay for some time but uh your eternity is gonna suck but the entire old testament was pointing towards the new testament which is jesus the fulfillment of the law so that's one of the reasons why i say we can now look as a born-again christian as the law is god's principles and we want to live by god's principles absolutely but the law was fulfilled and it was very prophetic in talking about what god does and and it was laid out in great detail you know the the social laws um matthew 4 verse 4 look that one up and societies are blessed or cursed in relation to how they abide by god's laws unsaved god's principles saved all of society you see you see the simplicity of this do you, do you understand the simplicity of what i'm what i'm teaching you today so god's laws are divine they're in the supernatural they're in the physical but when you're born again you're not living under the law and when you look at the old testament and the new testament you have to understand that the new testament is a continuation of the old testament and by the way it even points towards the next chapter uh in what god has for us he has the old testament we have the new testament and we're told what the next thing is but we don't have the writings in it yet and that is the thousand year reign of christ here on earth we know that that is coming we know that we are to co-manage that and be in charge and depending on how good of a manager you are here on earth uh in this form factor is going to be dependent on how much god gives you to do and how much you'll be in charge of in the thousand year reign and then we know after the thousand year reign well we god's built a mansion for you up in heaven and so you know i don't know if we have an apartment <laughs> here in the thousand year reign kind of sounds like it a little bit you know but there's something much bigger for you even beyond that and there's a lot to learn when we get there <coughs> we just have to focus on what we have right now so i don't want to have anyone misunderstand that the old testament is not relevant to today it's very much relevant it's a the new testament is a continuation of the story and god's word is perfect so all of scripture is building strategically and god is a strategic builder god has built this entire world strategically look at the, the actual creation story first he does the water then he does the land then he does the birds and he does the fish like he, he it's, everything has been sequentially engineered and it's for his purposes that we do so here's something that i have lifted uh from dennis peacock and he puts together something called the five basic building blocks of reality and i found this to be extremely good and i think it really fits into this when we're talking about law and how we are to live and remembering that we are not under the law anymore the rest of the world is under the law you born again christian 
are not under the law. So what he writes is, uh, and, and it's like a foundation. And so these things stack on top of each other. And the, the basic uh, foundational thing is the nature and existence of God and man. And I want to add to that the nature and existence of God and man, not born again, the nature and existence of the God-man, born again. So there's the foundation is, you know, your revelation of what is in God's word, saved or unsaved, because the unsaved are under conviction of God's word. There's only two types of people. And so then there's a reason the value and origin of life and, you know, what your purpose is here in life and, you know, in history. What is your purpose? So that is the foundation that things are built upon. And everyone wonders, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? At some point in your life, you're going to uh, consider that. Now, in God's order, the thing that builds upon that, and when we look upon, you know, what is our purpose? What are we to do in life? The next thing is the purpose of the family. God is all about family. Go ahead, multiply and fill the earth. We're here for procreation. And as a parent, we're supposed to uh, guide and educate our children. And we're supposed to do that generationally, by the way. You know, uh, grandparents really should be sowing into their uh, grandchildren and even providing financially for their grandchildren. Two, three generations at least, uh, we should be working to be able to provide uh, something. And that's not all uh, monetary, although monetary is part of it. Uh, it's good to leave something because wealth is meant to be transferred generationally, but wealth isn't just money. Wealth is knowledge. Wealth is power. Uh, the, the occult has figured this part out. Again, they just uh, take God's law and invert it. So beyond that, understanding who we are in Christ, And he gives us children. Uh, they are our property as parents. We are called to manage our children. We're called to manage our grandchildren. We're called to manage our household. We're called to manage our, you know, working vocation. We're called to excel at these things because as God's child, are you supposed to do it like halfway? And so then we have to look at the nature of work and our living standards. So how does technology, how does communication uh, fall into what we do? And, you know, technology could be from God. It could be from the devil. Uh, it depends on how you use it and how your heart is set. Is it is it pure from the heart, you know, to God? Is God orchestrating things of your heart, or do you have to go through a whole bunch of flesh that needs to be circumcised off? Uh, and by the way, I often say, to, to, at least in my perspective, you know, we blame the devil for too many things, and uh, our flesh is... ...greatest adversary. Up of that, we have to look at the nature and purpose of government uh, because we do need government of some form. Uh, we want to have a godly government, and that is the part 
that is supposed to govern. And again, I would suggest that, uh, you know, government needs to do things, uh, provide some basic necessities that, uh, you know, is agreed upon from community. Like we might want to build roads, you know, how do you get from one community to the next community? Well, that's something that government should look at. Um, you know, government should probably also do protection of its people, um, you know, secure borders and things like that. Um, and enforce the law of do no harm against your other person. And if someone harms another person, well, what should be the consequence? Probably something that's measured with what they did. It's really simple, folks. And by the way, shame really works as a punishment. But, you know, the governments today use force against people. And we look in just the last couple of years, the tyrannical things that have happened in the West, the free nations of the world, and uh, they're definitely operating in an ungodly manner. So there's a couple things that, you know, these ungodly governments petition for. Uh, there's an, and, and by the way, the uh, unsaved uh, and new age, even some religions all teach these false things. And even you as a born again Christian will have some of these aspects in your life. So, you know, one of the things is, you know, they'll, they'll say that there's no God. Uh, that the, things are random, you know, there's coincidences, there's, you know, all these things. And, you know, they're, even as Christians, it's okay for us to sometimes go, oh God, where are you? Are you real? I've prayed to you a million times for this thing and you're not answering my prayer. Is there a God? Well, even as Christians, we can sometimes have those thoughts. But again, it's making that covenant with God and saying, no, 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 your word, which is alive, which is Christ, is the supreme thing in my life. And when you make that covenant, it gets rid of these false uh, presuppositions about is there no God or God doesn't care about this particular thing. God, can, God cares about every aspect of your life. And... You know, another thing that uh, these false, uh, you know, governments will say, uh, and we look at this particularly with the uh, the issue before the Supreme Court at the time of recording in this and uh, Roe, Roe v. Wade and things like that. Uh, you know, they talk about sexual freedom. Uh, they talk about, you know, your ability to do as thou wilt, you know. Um, it doesn't matter if it's same sex. It doesn't matter if it's this. That's not what God says. God abhors those sins. If you're born again and you're gay, or if you've had an abortion, is it a salvation issue? No. There's repentance. However, unsaved, <coughs> these are absolute, terribly bad things. And you know, the other thing is the world teaches that uh, an evolution type of theology where you become enlightened. And enlightened you get from going to university, for instance, having a secular teacher teach you the craft that you're meant to do. teaches you the principles of life or enlightened in the fact that you believe you know certain things and, you know, because of your experiences or anything like that. Um, again, enlightened, you know, that's an inverse way the world uses God's teaching. Uh, to be enlightened is to be born again and have light in <laughs> Enlightened, not enlightened. In light, God's light 
shining out of you. So let's go back and just compare these things that we talked about. And again, we're establishing that God's laws do not apply to you. And I know this is going to be controversial, folks. Um, but God's laws do not apply to you as a born again. I say that they're principles. <clears throat> and by the way, um, revelation and a better life comes from obedience to these things. It's not a salvation issue. So let's go back and compare God's laws to the two trees. So we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we have the tree of life. So essentially, what the world teaches in the tree of good and evil, and you know, the the seed of Cain, essentially, is you can experience all of life has for you. You don't need God. You want to travel, go travel. You want to be ruthless in business and hurt people. You can have a big house. <clears throat> you can experience all that life has for you. You don't need God. And you can evaluate what's right and wrong for you. You can make your own decisions. That's who you are. You're a free man, the world will tell you. And... You know, you can order all the stuff that you have in your mind, your accumulated knowledge throughout the, all of the age, all of your age, to justify your own choices. That's what the world teaches you. And that is the knowledge of good and evil. Do what thou wilt. Through chaos. They solve a lot of problems, and that is a chaotic way of living. But God's way of living, God's principles for your life, are not independence. It's actually dependence. We need God to help us make these decisions. Do we actually ask God about the small decisions in our life, you know? Should I buy a new car? Did you ask God? Really? Is that something that you think God would be interested in your life? Should I should you go into debt to buy a new car? Should I change jobs? Do you consider asking the Father? God cares about these things in your life. So you want to make the decision, the tree of life, to submit your life to learning and experiencing the God who made you. Commit yourself to God and experiencing life in him and through him. And we don't evaluate God. So one of the things is we always want to say, well, God helped me here and he didn't help me here. So going through this filter, um, I'm not, you know, God went against me when I stole, but when I cheated on my wife, everything was fine. So we put these filters in our mind. So cheating is okay because it was in the Old Testament, but stealing is bad. So I'm never going to steal again, but it's okay to cheat. And that's evaluating God. And who are we to evaluate God? Honestly, who do you think you are? We simply acknowledge God for who he is. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your worship. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. He is to be treated as the one who has that seat. So we don't evaluate God. We trust him. 
So, going to buy a new car? Well, you know, I've been looking at this car for a long time, and I know that I want this car. I know it, and I need it. I, man, I need a new truck for my job. I got a job. It's a tool of the trade. I, You know, it's a part of my business. I can afford it because I need to have this for my business. Okay. The mind can justify the desires of the heart all you want. And I'm just giving this, this as an example. Use your own example in your life. But pray to God, do I need a truck? Or could I just uh, get by and using the car I had right now and not be so prideful as I want to be seen in a new truck and, uh, uh, and rent one the one day a week you need it for your business? You know, who knows? But God will answer. And you have to commit to ordering your knowledge and trust him in your relationship with him. Yes, the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of this universe wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And intimate means into me. Intimate is to be into me. It's to live inside of you, to help govern. And God takes pleasure in helping you with even the smallest of decisions. So going back to the very beginning, it's how do we transform our minds into being in prayer constantly? It's by removing the world, folks. Let's have that direct connection from your heart straight up to God and straight back. You know, your mind is just the antenna. And let's have an understanding of how to have this truth work in our life. It's through obedience. It's through prayer. It's from living in relationship with God. So when someone says to you that, you know, God is just nothing but a bunch of rules, it's because it is to them. They're not born again. They are not set free. The truth will set you free. And the truth is, the word of God is alive. The word of God is God. Because by his Holy Spirit is the only way you can understand his word. It's the only way. You must be born again. Two types of people, born again and not born again. Two types of people, under the law and not under the law. I hope you ponder that, and I hope you ask some questions about your life. Consider how you're making decisions going through your fleshly experiences, going through those false paradigms that have been taught to you by the world. You know, gravity is a reality. Well, those of us in the know know that there's things that defy gravity. How does that work? It all just depends on how you filter things through. Trust him. Walk as much in obedience as you can. Talk with him about everything because he's listening. And again, if you knew how powerful your thoughts were, you'd never want to have a bad thought again. I know everyone has experienced you think about someone that you haven't seen in years and they live thousands of miles away and all of a sudden they call you 
your thoughts are powerful. And, you know, people sometimes hear those things. Sometimes our consciousness connects that way because we are, you know, if we're on the same frequencies and there's some truth to all that stuff that the devil likes to use, there's some truth in it. God's laws are divine laws. He did mathematics. He created physics. He created chemistry. All those things are reality. But does God need you to uh, do all these things to heal a person? No. Jesus said, get up. How can we get there? Well, let's start by removing the world from our consciousness. I hope you've enjoyed this chapter. Uh, next chapter, we're going to be going into uh, how to get away from the propaganda machine that has been completely immersing this world. And we know it's evil. We know its origins. And there's spirits behind it. But this is a very systematic way to look at life in a new reality and how to deprogram from what Pharaoh has taught you. I hope you enjoyed uh, this chapter two of New Goggles, and we'll see you on chapter three. <laughs>